0: Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers. Do you have a love for maps and keeping track of all the places you've been? Well, Awesome Maps offers a wide variety of stylish and informative maps that inspire you to discover new places and create new memories around the world. From travel journal maps that you can take with you on the road to design pieces for your home, each map is hand-illustrated by designers with a passion for illustrating and drawing. I just got my bucket list map and I can't wait to cross off the Great Wall of China later this year. Head over to awesome-maps.com and use the promo code thoughtcard to get 10% off of your order today. Today, we're joined by Cody from Fly to Fi and he's also the co-host of The Fi Show. Today, we're gonna be talking through the step-by-step process for signing up for your first credit card and ways to earn and redeem points and miles. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. A lot of people have heard travel hacking, and I think there's just maybe a stigma to it that it's complicated, that it's really hard to get started. So how, like, what inspired you to get started with travel hacking?
1: Yeah. So I think I just kind of read about it a few years ago. So I got introduced to the financial independence movement. I think it was about three and a half, maybe four years ago. And that kind of led me down the travel hacking path. And I'm like, what's this travel hacking thing? I thought credit cards were bad. I thought all debt was bad. And then I found out there's this whole community who actually uses the credit card companies to their own advantage. So there's people who are hitting these sign up bonuses. You spend $3,000 in three months on this credit card, you get 50,000 points and that's $500 in free travel. I mean, that's a pretty nice little vacation you got right there.
0: Right. And I think a lot of people have this misconception that you actually have to fly a lot to earn all these points and miles. So we're definitely going to debunk that today.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a... That's a great point because a lot of people think travel hacking is, ooh, I'm going to go with my Delta points and I'm going to go on all these flights and accumulate all these points. But it doesn't have to be like that. If you can get on the bonus game and start hitting these sign-up bonuses and then just say, see it to that credit card, move on to the next one, you can absolutely crush your travel finances. Yeah, so like I said before, I am super frugal, like frugal to the core. I'm talking like I spend between ten dollars and $12,000 a year right now. And I still love to travel. I think I've gone on eight flights in the past maybe 16 or 20 weeks. And I probably paid a cumulative maybe $200 for all of them combined. Um, And so travel is a huge part of my life, honestly. like That's what I'm looking for after I hit this financial independence marker. I'm never going to stop traveling. I love traveling. My girlfriend loves traveling. So that's going to be a part of my journey. And I know that a lot of other people, that is one of their qualms about kind of getting in this personal finance space. They're like, I don't want to give up these luxuries, these things, but you don't have to. If you can kind of get on top of this credit card travel hacking game, you can still have fun, still go on this, still go on those vacations, and still save a ton of your income.
0: Very, very, very true. And I think that's a really great segue to what are the credit cards that you recommend signing up for if you're just getting started?
1: So my favorite for someone just getting started is the Capital One Venture card. So the Capital One Venture right now, I think they actually just upped their offer, but Most of the time, it's 50,000 points for $3,000 of spending within the first three months on that card. And what the Capital One does is that 50,000 points equates to one cent per point, which is $500 in travel credit. And so what that means is that anything coded as travel, so literally anything, it could be an Airbnb, it could be an Uber ride, it could be a car rental, it could be a flight, it could be a hotel – as long as you put the purchase on that Capital One card after you've accumulated accumulated those points, you can wipe out the full cost of that purchase, which is just such an ultimate life hack. And so now I know the follow-up question is, how am I, how am I possibly going to spend $3,000 on this card? And it's a lot easier than you think. If you put all of your purchases onto this one card, you put all your groceries, all your bills, most people are probably going to be in that $1,000 per month range or maybe even more. And they'll hit that $3,000 spend over those three months.
0: When I read your article on your site about starting with the credit card hacking, what I loved about the Capital One Venture Card is that there was two points for every dollar that you spend and you get to earn 10 points at Hotels.com, which I was like, okay, that's really, really great. Because if you already use Hotels.com, you're just earning points and those are for sure for free. I also really appreciated that the credit card offers $100 credit for the global entry and TSA pre-check. And of course, that there are no foreign transaction fees, which is super helpful. So there's like all of these like bonus perks that comes with this card that makes it really, really useful for your everyday spend.
1: Exactly. I guess I'm kind of personal finance travel hack nerding out. I didn't even mention those ancillary benefits because the one thing I'm focused on with every card I'm opening is that sign up bonus. And that's kind of like the whole crucial piece to this at least entry-level travel hacking thing is you really want to hit that sign-up bonus because, for example, even with the 2 times spend, you still have to spend twenty five dollars to hit that $50,000 mark. And spending twenty five dollars is a lot harder than spending $3,000 in a specified period, which happens to be three months is. So if you can get those sign-up bonuses, you're just amplifying your points to the max.
0: Right, right. I think that's exactly that's exactly how we're getting that free travel, because right off the back, once you meet that spend, you get to have a whole chunk of cash that you could use on travel. So that's like I think that's a great, great opportunity there. So when does the timer actually start? Is it when you get approved for the credit card or when you actually get the card physically in the
1: mail? So that is an awesome question and a misconception that a lot of people have, and it is actually the date you get approved for Capital One anyway. And so that kind of cuts your clock down a little bit because usually they send it out the day or the day after you get approved, but it does take usually five to seven days. So that kind of cuts a little bit off that three-month window. Hopefully you can still hit that minimum spend, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. And I would suggest definitely at least writing it down on your phone or having a spreadsheet and just keeping track of that date because the last thing you want to do is you have $2,999 in spend and then it rolls over and you are out of that window to hit the bonus.
0: Right, right, right. So I know a lot of people in personal finance say that you shouldn't really try travel hacking if you don't pay off your credit card in full or at least on time every month. Can you explain why is that?
1: A common misconception that a lot of my friends, even some of my family members have, is that carrying a balance, which means keeping a balance on your credit card from month to month, is good for your credit. And that is the biggest misconception. I don't know how that got construed. I don't know whether it was advertising from the credit card agencies, but that's how they make all of their money on you. Every month that you have a balance carried over to the next month, they're making interest on you and you have to pay that off. So if you are not paying these credit cards off on time and in full every month, please, please do not try this travel hacking strategy.
0: Yeah. And you know, that interest just makes everything just so much more expensive. So something you could have bought for $25 ends up being $30, $40 over time. So it just kind of defeats the purpose of doing the travel hacking where you're earning free travel. So I totally, totally agree with that as well.
1: And people don't know the terminology either, just because we aren't taught this stuff in school. We aren't taught this stuff at our jobs. And so let's just do a quick example, like a credit card, you have $10,000 balance on it, say. Say it has a 20% APY, which means annual percentage yield. At the end of that year, if you don't make any payments on that credit card, you will owe $12,000.
0: Yeah. And also, I know a lot of us are travelers and sometimes when you're traveling, the last thing on your mind is paying off your credit card bill. So just making sure that you have reminders for yourself or perhaps auto paying the credit card bill directly for your bank account. I think those are definitely things that could help because, again, I've definitely uh forgot to pay a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, you know, you definitely live and learn. So that's, I think that's super important. So let's kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about like, if you're not confident that you can meet the minimum spend for the up bonuses, what are some tips or ways that you can actually make this happen?
1: Awesome. All right. So I love this because I like getting creative. And like I said before, I spend very, very minimally. And some of that, can't go on a credit card. Like if you have a mortgage payment, oftentimes you can't put that on a credit card without a high fee. Or if you have like a child school payment, you just can't put that on a credit card without like a 3% fee. And so I wouldn't suggest doing that, but there are ways to get around it. So some of my favorites are prepaying your utilities and bills. So you can actually prepay electric for 6 months, a year, whatever, and you can have like this electric credit built up. Or you can call your oil company, do the same thing. Or you can prepay your homeowners insurance, or you can prepay your car insurance. Another one that I've used, and this is only if you really trust your friends and family, but if it's your mom, brother, sister, whoever, they have a big vacation coming up, they have a big spend coming up. Maybe have them give you the cash beforehand, or have them use a Venmo or Cash App type thing where they can give you the cash and then you pay the thing on your credit card. So there are a lot of little crafty ways if you can get creative with it to hit these minimum spends and without breaking the bank or buying things you don't need, which I do not recommend.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really great, especially about having your family and friends. So I know that a lot of credit cards offer having an authorized user. Can you explain what the authorized
1: user is? An authorized user. So Danielle, if I made you my authorized user on my Capital One Venture card, you would also get a Capital One Venture card in the mail. And it would be on my account. And so any spending that you do would go onto my account. It would accumulate towards my points and it would build your credit. So the only time I would really suggest having an authorized user is maybe if you have a friend or family member who needs to build their credit. Maybe they have poor credit. Maybe they're young. Maybe they're 18 years old and they need to build their credit. That's the only time I would really suggest having an authorized user. Other than that, I can't see any real reason to add someone.
0: So I have all the mistake stories in the house, guys. So for me... (laughs) You know, I have my mom as an authorized user for many years and there's times that she like forgets the card somewhere and it's great. But then there's times that when she actually uses it and then it's always like pulling teeth. Like, can you, you know, give me the money? Can I pay this bill off? You're ruining my credit. You know, all these tears come out because, you know, she's an authorized user the account. So definitely like there are definitely some pros and cons to it. But just if you do have authorized user, make sure that you're on top of it and, you know, you don't want to get charged all those interests. So <laughs>
1: yeah. hey, it's all right. It's your mom. I know. That's <laughs> <some> true. <laughs> I always hit
0: her with the you're ruining my credit and I need to
1: build it.
0: <laughs> so that's totally, totally fine. So we have a question from one of our Facebook group members, and she wants to know people always talk about racking up points. And uh, do you have any advice on maximizing your points when you're actually, it's time to spend it and use it? So pretty much like everyone has, a, oh, you know, these tips for getting all these up bonuses, but how do you actually maximize what you have earned so that you can travel more?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people who are really into this travel hacking space kind of value the points redemptions they get by cents per point or cents per mile. So you want to aim for like a one and a half, to two or more cents per mile. So for example, if I'm redeeming for a flight and the flight costs 10,000 points and the flight would normally cost $200, that's two cents per mile if you back out and do the math. And so a lot of people do that way, but I'll give you some real tangible tips on like the best ways to find uh, rewards and the best ways to optimize your travel points. So the website I use for finding flights is called Award Hacker. And so you can type in anywhere you want. So I fly to Boston, typically say I want to go to, I don't know, Orlando, I type in Boston to Orlando, and then it will spit out all of the best cards and travel partners for that card that I have redemptions for. So I'm literally, as I'm talking, I'm going to do this right now. (laughs) Very cool. So it'll spit out, it'll say this is United, or this is a travel partner of Singapore Airlines, or this is a travel partner of Alaskan Airlines. And then let's go back to what I was saying before. If you have transferable points, like you have a chase or you have the uh, city or you have Amex, you can figure out where your points are going to be best allocated and then transfer them to that airline. And it's just such a cool way to optimize your points instead of just saying, Oh, I want to go here on this date, whatever. I already put the points in American airlines. I guess I have to fly American even though maybe you could fly United for half the points. And it's just such a cool little hack.
0: So let's say someone decides to go with the Capital Venture. What would you recommend as like the second tier of, you know, you're, you're learning a little bit more about credit card hacking. What would you recommend next?
1: Chase Sapphire Preferred. And so that one has the, the only downside of that one is it does have an annual fee of $95, but it is well worth it. And If you are a traveler, you will get way more than that value out of that card.
0: Yeah, I have. I have that. That's one of my (laughs) 10. Okay, awesome. Yes, yes, that's. Yeah. So
1: that's a little more advanced, I'd say, than the Capital One Venture because the Capital One Venture is just so straightforward. You just wipe out any purchase, no problem at all. Go into the portal, click redeem and it's gone. But it's a little more thought when it comes to the Chase Sapphire Preferred if you want to get into the travel hacking with it. So you have to think about what's the best airline to fly to this location and at what time and. So there's a lot more questions, a little more goes into it, but anything can be learned. If you're listening to podcasts like yours, if you're reading blogs, if you're looking online, you can figure it out.
0: And one of the things I like to do when I open a new credit card is I like to sit down and think about what's the goal for this? Like, what do I want to spend? How do I want to spend this? So I remember one of my first cards like a long time ago was a Capital One card. And I had a trip coming up to go to Ecuador. And I was like, okay, if I meet the minimum spend, I'm going to get X amount of dollars and I could use that towards my flight to Ecuador. So do you have like goals that you set for each sign up bonus? Like what's your, what's your mind frame when you're getting Getting a new card?
1: Oh, that is such an awesome question. I'm glad you asked that. And yes, 100%. So say I have a trip planned, I want to go to somewhere in Europe. So I'll look on Award Hacker. That's usually the best one you can figure out if I'm going from Boston to Dublin. That's actually called a, for travel hacking nerds who want to learn more a sweet spot redemption where I can get there for 25,000 points. So For an example, a crazy example, um, if you signed up for the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you hit the minimum spend, you get 50,000 points, I could fly me and my girlfriend round trip for free from Boston to Dublin using one of these sweet spot redemptions where you just get so much value out of the points. And so, yes, it is very, very intentional when I'm thinking about what are my future travels going to be? And so maybe I'll open a card that's in line with those travel plans.
0: Right, right, right. How about if someone's like, you know what, like, I'm really weary of opening a credit card because it's going to impact my credit. What do you tell someone who says something like that?
1: Yeah. So if you just go on the internet and check out like the actual articles that I have an article on it, there's tons of people who have articles on like actual credit card basics, like what really affects your credit score. And I just wouldn't worry too much. Like if you're going to apply for a mortgage the day after you apply for your credit card, Maybe just hold off a little bit because it will ding your credit, maybe five points at the max. Like it it does not have a long lasting hit in your credit. But over the long term, it's an awesome thing for your credit. Like just you'll increase your length of credit history. Once you start using your card, you'll have your credit utilization going up. And so there are so many more benefits that just kind of go up, like probably within three weeks after getting your card, your credit will be exactly back to where it was before. And then after that, it will just keep going past where it was. So I would not have any qualms about your credit score and less big, unless you're not paying it off on time and in full. And that is a huge no. And that will, if you're making late payments, if you're missing payments, stuff like that, that is going to have a huge hit on your credit. All right. Yeah. So let's hop into the free accommodation stuff. Cause I actually did a lot of this. So I was in Australia for five months and You know, I wasn't paying a lot for accommodation because I am super cheap. And so actually with the Capital One Venture, so let's just do a real life scenario. So my girlfriend and I found a super cheap long term Airbnb for five months. And one of the cool things actually about Airbnb is that if you book a long term Airbnb, there's an inherent discount built in. So I think we got 30% off that price, whatever the per night normal price was. And then, like I just mentioned with the Capital One, I was, it was actually the Capital One Venture. And with the Capital One Venture, you can wipe out any travel expense. So I'm paying half. She's paying half. I was paying like, oh, something so small, like $11 per night. Wow. And I'm sure the place was nice too, right? it was actually really nice. And we stayed with this super nice woman. She was a kindergarten teacher. We had our own room. We didn't have our whole, a whole apartment or anything like that, but we didn't need that. (laughs) We weren't there that much. Anyway, we were out exploring Australia, which is super cool. And so let's just do some quick back the envelope math. So I hit the $3,000 minimum spend on that capital one venture, the points, like you mentioned before, times two, so that's 6,000 points. I get that $50,000 points bonus, which was the offer at the time. So I had 56,000 points. So 56,000 divided by 11 is 47 nights of free accommodation.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. I'm getting goosebumps. That's like, yeah, that's like the <laughs> dream in Australia, which is a super expensive place. True or not true?
1: It is a very expensive place, but if you are kind of creative, like I said before, and just get crafty with it, which is basically this whole game. Like you just got to be creative. And of course, maybe staying in a room in someone's house isn't for everyone. And my girlfriend and I were perfectly okay with that. But if you're traveling with maybe your family, that might not be okay. But there are still all these crazy deals. Like you could easily find a apartment where you, a husband or wife and two or three kids could stay for 40, maybe 50 bucks a night, like all in. And you could make huge redemptions i mean even with that one bonus from the capital one venture i just mentioned before that's 11 nights of free stay so that completely crushes like any hotel redemption you're going to get with those hotel types of cards
0: yeah for sure i remember like i had a plan i had a trip plan to Hawaii for January, which I backed out of. But I was trying to redeem some Hilton points. I was like, oh, it's only three nights. Let's see how much I'm (laughs) going to get. And I was like, oh, that's not going to get me anywhere. Back to Airbnb. So it's (laughs) it's super, it's super interesting. And I love that the Capital One Venture offers you that freedom where it's travel. It's not only airfare. It's not only transportation. You could use it on multiple things and kind of like makes a match to create your dream trip. Now, we know that like a lot of cards they have, you know, you have a fee at the end of the year or maybe you have the the first fee waived and then, you know, the fee the second year. Like how do we try to get around that?
1: Awesome question. Okay. <laughs> you keep coming up with awesome questions, Danielle. Okay, so I hate paying fees. Like you guys have heard this whole podcast, I'm a pretty cheap guy. <laughs> so the last thing I want to do is pay that 95 or some cards have a lot higher fees than that. So Something that I do on this spreadsheet that I built is I track when month 11 out of that that year is coming up. So usually, not usually, some cards will waive the first year of that annual fee. So if it's a $95 annual fee, the Capital One Venture, for example, waive it for the first year. But then after that, you're going to start paying this $95 fee every single year. And that's not so attractive to me. I don't really want to pay that fee. So something you can do, let's use the Capital One Venture as, as an example, is you call up Capital One. You say, I'm not getting enough value out of this card, I don't use it that much, Um, I want to downgrade, or I want to cancel the card. I'd go for the downgrade first, uh, specifically for the Capital One, because there is called the Capital One Venture One, and that card does not have an annual feed whatsoever, and you'll be able to keep your points. So that is another big caveat. If you like rack up your points, never use them, and then just cancel your card, those points are gone, unless... It's on one of those transferable cards where you transfer it to an airline. But let's not get too deep into the weeds. So you call up Capital One. You tell them, I'm not getting enough use out of this card. I want to downgrade. They might not let you downgrade, but you just say, okay, then I want to cancel. And the only downside I could see to canceling is it might not ruin, but at least have a little bit of an impact on your length of credit history, which does have an impact on your credit score. And so that's the only downside, I guess. But if you are going to miss out on a $450 fee and you don't aren't using that card anymore, then definitely get out of it. It's not worth the four or five extra points on your credit score.
0: Right, right. So pretty much it's like, what, what's the value that you're getting for, from this card? And is it worth it to keep the card and pay the fee? you know, that's, I think, is an important question. And again, that goes back to setting the reminders for yourself, because, you know, when these fees hit, you can't be like, no, 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 let's just like not do it. Can you just, you know, (laughs) you can't, it's done. So it's really important. And then that also has happened to me sometimes. I mean, keeping track of 10 is really hard, right? So if you don't have a system, so there's times where I'm like, oh, I should have called to you know, close it. But <laughs> I already got hit with the 195 or the 95 or something
1: oh, like man. that. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to get a spreadsheet going.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. So I, I I, really enjoy this conversation. And we talked a lot about being frugal. How did like that come about for you? Is this something that you've you just kind of grew up in, or that you've developed over time? Like, where did that mindset come in?
1: Yeah, so definitely grew up with frugality, just kind of getting the most value out of the things that we have. So my parents didn't exactly travel hack, but I know my dad would use rewards points, not in the crazy ways I'm using them, but like he just put all his normal spending on one card, and he kind of showed me. He's like, "Look, I can get like five hundred dollars off or whatever." And my whole life, my parents just focused on value. They focused on not like the hyper consumerism, that type of stuff. So I had that growing up. And then when I found out about like financial independence and just crushing the personal finance game, I realized that if I can keep my expenses as low as possible, that leaves so much room for flexibility. So say my expenses are only $12,000 a year. I'm a single male with no kids. So that's not like a crazy outlandish figure. But say I save up $36,000, that's just a nice round number. That's three years of living expenses. So I can go jump on the entrepreneurial train. I can go try my own thing. I can go travel the world. I have so many more options. Let's assume that my lifestyle costs $50,000 a year. I save up that $36,000. I only have a few months buffer. So that's just kind of something that's always stuck with me. And just keeping that savings rate as high as you possibly can is such a powerful tool to unlock lifestyle flexibility, lifestyle design, and ultimately, the ability to travel and do whatever you want. So, so true. And Cody, you're
0: 22, which is super impressive, okay? You impress me, man, all right? That's so, <laughs> so, 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 so cool. I, I really appreciate that. And I feel like a lot of people think that like frugalities or being quote-unquote cheap is like a bad thing but for us I feel like it's optimizing our finances so that we can have a better life so that's how I see it and I don't actually mind being called cheap I'm like yeah sure but my bank account doesn't say that right (laughs) so that's a that's the thing I always say to other people who kind of
1: I totally feel (laughs) you I get called cheap all the time by my friends but like I said before I'm living life I mean I travel a lot like every single month I'm going somewhere on a flight usually and but I'm using points I'm optimizing points and I mean I'm a little crazy with it with the gift card reselling and stuff like that but I love traveling and I think I think I'm honestly living my best life and I'm not depriving myself I'm not eating ramen noodles and sitting in a basement like locked <laughs> locked to a chair or something you know I'm I'm having fun I'm living it up
0: Exactly exactly so Cody where are you traveling to
1: next Ooh that's a good question so in terms of like a really awesome cool trip. um my girlfriend and I are planning on doing a Southeast Asian tour for a full year <laughs> sometime in the next two years or so in terms of uh near term, I actually just redeemed some American Airlines points for a flight to Florida for an event called Camp Phi down in the beginning of January, so not sure when this podcast is launching, but yeah, in January, I will be flying down to Florida for. That's the total cost of taxes and fees. (laughs)
0: Wow. That is amazing. Like, how do you feel when you get a good deal? I get like pumped up. I like do (laughs) like jumping jacks. Like, it's just like invigorating for me. I don't know if you have that reaction.
1: I mean, (laughs) I think after this whole interview is over, you can definitely guess that I get really pumped up when I find a good deal. Like, I am ecstatic when I get like, five cents per mile reward i'm like oh yes
0: yes 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 (laughs) yes like yeah definitely the airlines had no idea that this was coming like i'm gonna fly (laughs) for them so cheap no that's really really cool do you have any like europe plans or do you have anywhere that you would like to go back to anytime soon
1: oh yeah i definitely am gonna go back to australia so a cool thing about my girlfriend is that her stepmom is australian so we have connections over there so I mean, that's an even bigger <laughs> travel hacking is having family because then you can stay with them for free. Yes,
0: That's very true. Very, <laughs> so they're very on true.
1: the West Coast. Unfortunately, we are on the East Coast for most of our trip. But yeah, so that's definitely a destination we're going back to. Like I mentioned before, I am definitely going to be using that sweet spot redemption to fly over to Dublin from Boston because I can literally do that on one card bonus, which is insane. I have some cousins who live in Austria. So doing that trip. Um, yeah, just <laughs> I have a lot of crazy plans and i'm definitely planning on traveling like i'm really a huge fan of what's called slow travel so i don't want to go somewhere for a week like i want to live there for three plus months like really experience the culture just see how different parts of the world live because i think for me anyway it really opened my eyes to just see these different cultures and see that america isn't everything there are all these different countries they have all these different customs traditions and it's super cool
0: super exciting super super exciting so what's the best way for us to connect with you moving forward
1: yeah so i guess i'll funnel people through the blog which is fly to fi so fly dot com, and yeah just hit me up on there i'm super responsive i'll usually get back to you within the day and i love hearing from people if you have any travel hacking questions or any questions in general about financial independence personal finance hit me up